Gorgeous George and Goes, are you ready? Junkie Nation, are you ready? Well, let's get it on. From the fight capital of the world, Las Vegas, Nevada, this is MMA Junkie Radio. We roll it! What's up, Junkie Nation? Gorgeous George and Goes checking in on a Wednesday night for your Thursday morning delivery. We got some news to discuss from the world of mixed martial arts, a little bit from BKFC, maybe a little bit on the boxing side, but most of it is MMA. That's the meat and potatoes. We even have a guest for you today, O'Day Osborne, UFC flyweight. He's got a fight coming up, and uh, we'll catch up with him to see what what the preparations are like there for someone who's done pretty well at the apex feels at home good friend of the show he's done some watch-alongs with us so it's always great to catch up with him speaking of watch-alongs march 9th goes and i will do the ufc 299 watch-along so get ready to hear a lot of reminders about that it's a great card it's deep it's stacked Lots of ranked fighters, even a title fight. All right, folks, we'll be right back to uh, start the show. Hey, guys, I'm like, I like what I'm hearing out of Henry Cejudo, man. I, I really thought he was going to hang it up when he got defeated by Marav Devalish, really. But by because the UFC kind of ran interference on, on him a little bit, if that, in fact, was his plan, cooler heads have prevailed. He's already starting to line up a fight versus Brandon uh, Marino, a guy coming off a loss versus another guy coming off a loss. In fact, both got, uh, I think, aren't they both coming off two losses or something like that? It makes sense. There's a backstory, but again, I just thought he ran into a freight train that night, but I didn't think Cejudo looked horrible or anything like that mm, i'm against it you i can be swayed i wanted him to retire yeah because um he's not like any other fighter he's already achieved everything at the top so really i mean if, if you just sit there and tell me hey the only reason i'm doing this is to make money then mm-hmm. go for it he, he hasn't had like fights where he's just taken unimaginable damage or anything like that or crazy knockouts so i would say go for it if that's if that's what you want to do but right now everything he's accomplished i just don't want to remember him for a guy that ended up losing all all towards the end of his career because i feel like that's what's going to happen you know i i think uh round one was great for him and i know he had an injury but after that he just ran out of gas and Marab is that guy every fight. He has the gas tank every single time. And Henry's only getting older, you know, and this division's killer. So I don't know what, unless he needs the money, if he needs the money, go for it. But if he doesn't need the money, I think this can start to hurt his legacy a little bit. Well, I'm sure the money's got something to do with it. But at the same time, it could just be a matchup thing, man, because Cejudo's not really a, a traditional gasser or anything like that. It's just that this guy has unreal cardio. He's in the prime of his career, age-wise, experience-wise. But look, anything can happen in this sport. Look at Israel Adesanya. He gets beat soundly by Sean Strickland. And he's so much so that he's like, you know what? I need time off, man. <laughs> like... Uh, this wasn't good. And then all of a sudden, Strickland's no longer champ, DDP's champ, and you never know. I mean, he might be able to beat DDP. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, Marav looks like he could be headed towards uh, a title. He looks really tough and unstoppable. He, even Henry himself said, I think O'Malley or Vera would lose to Marav the really. But that said, let's just say they get past Murad Devalish really, and Henry beats a fella or two. I think Henry matches up well against O'Malley or Vera. So I like that he's in, yep. man. He does. Um, you know, luckily, Aljamain Sterling's kind of out of the way now. And Murad, somebody's got to take him out. 
But and, and that's the thing about Morab is like as dominating as he can be, he's taken shots before. So you can land shots on that guy. So yeah, I mean, I guess it could happen, but it, I just kind of steadily have seen Henry just lose a step and then lose another step, and I don't know where that's gonna go. Yeah. I mean, he's he was definitely better before he retired for sure. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't believe he stunk the place up, you know, no. not like BJ Penn on the way out or even Ferguson. Although Ferguson, like for so many of those fights that he's taken the L's, he's actually done decent in some of them before taking the L. But, you know, either way, it's seven losses in a row. But look, he's lost two in a row. Marino's lost two in a row. Uh, you know, he sits on about 131 pounds. Ah, you know what? They're both former champs. They're both, we got a Mexican and a Mexican American. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I kind of like them both for UFC Noche. It's a fresh matchup for Marino. I'm sure he could use that. And uh, maybe Cejudo's dipping his toe at going back to flyweight. Who knows? Uh, or, or or maybe there's just a one-time thing here. I'll say this much. Him against Marino, let's just call it 130, 131, which is what I think you, I believe he said. I have Henry as the favorite in that one. You know, Henry's got good power. He's got good wrestling. If it's five rounds, that's a tough one. Marino can go five rounds pretty good. It'd be not at sea level. 2,500 feet is Vegas. That's a close one, but I think you're right. I think I would side with Cejudo. Um, Speaking of Israel Adesanya, he revealed that he was asked to do UFC 300 against DDP. He said yes, but it was DDP who didn't want to do it. DDP seems to stick to his guns when he makes a decision. If he's anything less than 100%, he's just not in. Yeah, I kind of I kind of wonder about that. Only because this is me just being um slick goes, but I wonder because of that history and knowing that history, if you just say yes and see what what he's going to say. You know, make him be the bad guy on that one. I don't know. Israel Asani is pretty nutty. He, I could see him wanting to do that. But it wasn't that long ago that he was just completely out, too. So, And I don't think it's that crazy to say no. You know, he was pretty battered at the end of his fight, DDP. So UFC 300 is so weird because it's such a good card. But we look at it as a failure, you know, that it, it just didn't really deliver, I think, what everybody wanted. Mm-hmm. But... uh I, I just I want those two at a hundred percent, especially those two, because so much smack talk and and, and uh, regions of the country are, are behind certain guys. Like I I really want them both to be at a hundred percent to really figure this one out. And if it means I gotta wait, then I gotta wait. Maybe it gives the UFC time to make this fight happen in Africa. Yeah, and Hill versus Fajeda has huge KO written all over it versus. Izzy versus DDP, yeah, it could happen, but you know, Izzy does go to decision from time to time, or at least half of probably his last ten fights have gone to a decision. So in reality, it's the heat that they have and it's the star power that Israel Adesanya has that would have cemented UFC three hundred. But Hill versus Fajeda, I'm warming up to it every day even more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's gonna be a good fight. I honestly think DDP and Israel Adesanya. Both of them at their best. I don't know if you get a KO. I think you get five rounds of like a really tactical but fun fight. I think that would be a, a great matchup when it comes around. And it's going to come around. We're going to get it. Israel says he still wants some of Strickland, but the focus is DDP. But he really feels like he's going to collide with Strickland again. He praise him, give him his flowers. And you know, he just said, "Hey, that guy was that guy was on that night, but he 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 wants to fight him again." And eh, I I like that. I want to see them fight again too. Did you see that referee in Arkansas who shoved well, an MMA fighter? Yeah, yeah. But really quick, just going back on that point, I want to get your take on something. I think we're all cool with Israel Adesanya okay. versus DDP uh, because it had to do with UFC 300. But now that it's not UFC 300, are we still okay with that? Because you look at Israel Adesanya's record and what's been going on, does that really warrant 
give me a title shot for UFC 300. I get it. We're trying to, we're trying to save this card, but just kind of now that it's back in the normal scheme of things, does it still make sense? When someone defends the title five times and they lose. Okay. Let's let's run it back, which is what they did in Miami last year. And Israel, uh, caught him. So then Israel becomes champ, but then he turns around and loses it to Strickland again. So guess what? You've already gotten your, hey, you've been champ for a while, instant rematch, clause or wish or whatever you want to call it, pass, maybe is even the best word. So I feel like he already got it. And so now it's like, was Strickland and DDP a classic? It was a good fight. It was close, but I wouldn't call it a classic. So I don't think Strickland needs the running back. So now I'm turning down two popular fighters. Israel's popular. So Strickland. So from the UFC side, you know they want to put one of those two in there. From the Merit side, Cannoneers won four out of five. He was the substitute for Strickland versus uh, Adesanya. He did get an injury, but if DDP can't go in April, well, now we're looking at not even Maine, but po- possibly June. Can DDP go by then? And would Cannoneer versus DDP be a sexy matchup, perhaps. Does that allow Adesanya to fight Strickland? Perhaps. But I, I just feel like you might have to give Adesanya another pass because that face-off that they had in the octagon was so spicy in a way, and um, they really want to go to Africa. So there's that backstory between you know Nigeria and South Africa. They might have to grant Izzy yet another rematch, even though, like I said, he he, he kind of got that one already, but sometimes you just have to make exceptions. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. All right. Uh, referees be tripping. I agree. What did you think? I, I watched this thing about five times, and then I read what Nolan King wrote, and the fighter, Gridiron, or whatever his name was, he seemed pretty forthcoming, but on the last time I watched it, let me get this guy's name right. It was, it wasn't Gridiron, but it was close. Joe Munns was the referee, and Robert Gidron, uh, Gidron, Gidron, I think is his name. He's the one in question. So I watched it again, and Gidron admi- admits to grabbing the fence, and it helps him assist him in getting up. And so the referee spots it and goes, hey, you can't do that, that type of thing. And so he kind of posts on Robert G's neck is what Gidron says. He didn't like that. And and Munz is a big dude. But to me, it didn't look like Munz did it. Uh, I think he just, that's where the forearm landed. I don't think he meant, meant to do it that way because, look, it wasn't the most egregious foul. Like, I've seen way worse than this. And... Then he gets, you know, struck, and then all all hell breaks loose. I guess what I'm getting at is, I think you just tell both guys, "Hey, look, it got heated. You both shouldn't have done what you done. You both went overboard." But I don't think no one needs to get fucking you know, banned for life or whatever, which is what they're saying for for the referee. Banned for life is excessive. I think you pull them both in, and you go, "Look, you both did." wrong things here we can't let you get away with with doing this because potentially more people could have gotten hurt right so we're going to suspend you for whatever that is i would say no more than a year but if it were me i don't know eight months something like that or maybe a fine or whatever but yeah to ban somebody over that that that's a little silly they were both in the wrong i believe and i get that gidrin was in the heat of the moment and so he he struck back when the pushing started so, like I say, lifetime ban, come on. Like, looking back at Paul Daly, yeah, that was a cheap sucker punch on Josh Koscheck, but he got banned from the UFC for life. And, of course, we've seen kind of worse since then, you know, post-fight, and nothing really happened. So, like, you know, this this is a whole different promotion. It's a pro-am, pro and amateur in Arkansas. But I think it can learn from the history of MMA. And I would just say, yeah, it sounds about right to me. Maybe six months to a year, you just can't 
ref and for the fighter, same thing. And enough that it's a little slap, but yet it doesn't really hurt them because, mm -hmm. or maybe the ref more. The ref sometimes can, depending on how many states you're licensed in, you know, you can stay busy. But if he's only in Arkansas, well, I don't know that there's that many events over there. So maybe the six months won't hurt him too bad. The other guy's an amateur. So, but, you know, it sends a statement just that. This was a bit much. Cool down, but I think we need to all relax here a little bit. Yeah, take it easy. Mm hmm Mohamed Mokayev says, I'm going to beat Perez, and if I impress, I get next versus Alexander Pantoja, and I'm willing to do it in Brazil. I kind of like that. So he fights I this Saturday that. against Perez, and he's willing to do the, the turnaround. Which wouldn't be the craziest thing ever. It's not till May 4th, so it'd be over two months. Um, but what I like is his foresight, and I like that he's already kind of putting himself in a position to sell, you know, sell sell himself. So now it's up to him to go out there and impress. But look, that division is just not that deep, and you got hurt guys. Uh, Kaikara France has a concussion. Albazi's injured his neck. Royville might have a torn ACL. Marino just lost. Cops probably gonna have to take one more fight because of that weight weight miss that he had recently. So I think I think Mokayev's in a driver's seat here, man. He's in a good position, but I've always liked this guy, not just because of his fighting style, but he he kind of what's the word for it? I guess he kind of keeps it real in a way. Like he never says anything that's that outrageous, but he does push for himself in the right ways, and. I like him, dude. I think he's a good fighter. I think he is improving. It sucks. You know, the injury kind of set him back. Maybe he lost a little bit of momentum with all that. But this dude can be entertaining. And this is a division that we just fucking sick of the same matchups over and over. We need a little bit of fresh air. And I think uh, this dude can give it to us. I wonder if Cejudo could just make 126 against Marino. And if he won, he's a former champ. Like, that would really, really jolt the division. And by the way, can the UFC just get on the phone and say, hey, look, what does it take to get Demetrius back for one or two? You know, almost like when they called back that legend in the movie Gladiator. Remember they called mm -hmm. back some guy who hadn't fought in five years. I mean, he wound up dying anyway, but still like, what if they just go, DJ, we know we don't, you don't have any left. We'd, we'd love for you to take on, you know, you, you started with us and with us. Uh, one championship. What what do we have to do? You know, write you a check for five million, or r r release a couple fighters, or I mean, I don't know. I I just would love to see uh, an infusion of talent back at flyweight because when you're looking at, you know, you look up and down that division, you're just going, whoa, okay. There's some guys that are coming up. Uh, there's a few veterans you know, in the mix, but this division isn't that deep. I, mean, I don't want it to turn into women's featherweight. I believe he said something. I don't know if it was to us. I want to say it might have been, but I thought he said he just, he loves this hydration system and he will never do 125 again. Yeah. yeah. Well, but never if you write him a big pack, he will. <laughs> yeah. So who knows? And the UFC, I, I don't think we'll have time to get into it on today's show, but Damon Martin did a report over at MMA Fighting. We've known him for a long time, so he's a credible journalist. And uh, the UFC is just breaking records. They had a great year on the financial side of things. So mm -hmm. I just, I don't know, just kind of thinking outside the box here. Imagine both of them coming back, Cejudo and Johnson. It'd be legit. Might be tougher yeah. for them to fight each other though, because they're kind of buddy buddy now. But never know. Yeah, and they're one one. Would be nice. All right, I think it's a good time to bring in our guest, O'Day Osborne, UFC flyweight. He's got a fight coming up here in a few weeks in Las Vegas, and we will uh, we'll get our guest on. What's up, Junkie Nation? Gorgeous George and Goes checking in here. Midweek special. Today we get to catch up with a good friend of Junkie Radio, O'Day Osborne. He's done quite a few watch-alongs with us 
over at the Sticky Paw Studio. UFC flyweight. He's got a fight coming up here against Jafel Fio in a couple weeks at the Apex in Las Vegas. What's going on, Ode? How are you? I'm doing well, man. I'm doing. I am so glad that I'm doing this with you guys because you know you guys are my favorite. <laughs> Don't tell the other guys though. <laughs> <laughs> no, no worries, man. Uh, great catching up with you. Like I've told you in the past, uh, it, this quick turnover of fights from yeah. week to week fighters can get lost in the shuffle you know it's and so true. when we're kind of studying up on you guys when we know we've booked a certain guest we go back and look so you know you uh you fought in august of last year yeah a and, long time and, yeah and then you just they haven't really been giving you many fights but i want to just know how's your health because i do see it seems like the ufc thinks a lot of you like i'll see you at the expo you know what i mean uh, I'll see you, you know, uh, around like the Las Vegas scene, I guess, well, uh, quite a lot. So, yeah, what, what's your health like nowadays? You know, uh, I think I do a lot, uh, a lot of work with UFC and the laws, law enforcement here. So Las Vegas Metro, myself and UFC do a lot of community service. You know, I do tons and tons and tons of community service. So, you know, I feel like, hey, at least at least they could do is, is hook me up with some tickets every once in a while, you know what I mean? Um, which I'm grateful for. I don't feel like I don't deserve anything. You know, everything is earned in this world. So I'm I'm grateful that they think of me, man. I really am blessed. Mm -hmm. um, but back to the health question, you are healthy and you can start rattling off fights. Is, is it maybe just because also flyweight isn't as deep as other divisions? So there's just not as many bodies? Yeah, that and, um, you know, I think a lot of fighters, not just flyweights, but a lot of fighters, they want to fight the perfect guy all the time. You know what I mean? Where I think the UFC, they they love uh, the fact that I always just, I'd say yes to anyone. You know, I'm just like, yeah, let's go. So a lot of times it's very hard to find fighters because, you know, if you're not ranked and you're too dangerous, then they're going to say no. But who knows, man? It's a, it's a variable of things. Who knows? Mm-hmm um you've kind of tapped around the health question is your health okay <laughs> oh yeah i was <laughs> no my health is amazing my health is, is it's amazing my health is perfect um okay that's good I, to hear I, yeah my health is i thought uh answering the other questions was be like yeah man he's looking good <laughs> but yeah, yeah. How, no how i want to see like like 2021 i remember you went two and one but yeah. um you you're you know fighters just don't get lost in the shuffle if they stay busy at the same time, I realize your camps are grueling, the sport is grueling, and all that. But you know, the lighter weight fighters are the ones that uh, rely more on quickness, um, you know, hand-eye coordination, things like that. Like the big dudes, they can go into their mid forties if they want. Yeah, they can, and it's hard to be a lightweight fighter and fight all the time. Um, to train year-round as a lightweight, like a twenty-five or thirty-fiver. It's it's grueling, man. Like you said, because um, you, if you don't maintain your speed and your power and your explosiveness, if you like, like the saying goes, if you don't use it, you lose it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So yeah, I think doing things in moderation, right? For example, my last fight, the weight cut I had was probably the worst weight cut out of any fight that I've ever had, and you know, just a variable of a lot, a lot of different variables caused it. And I know, you know what I mean. I I did not feel like myself but anyways that's besides the point my, my point is it's important to take some time off to heal your body you know just as well as your mind um so i did that thankfully because i was i wanted to fight in december and you know that didn't happen so i'm glad i took a long um i took a long break from august to about uh september october and then i started training with uh Farid Basharat in December, trained with him December and January, preparing him for his fight. I'm a lefty and his his last opponent, Laf Laplin, I think his name is, is also a lefty. So I trained with him for his camp and, uh, you know, it helped me out because I got this fight coming up. So, yeah, my health is amazing right now. Good to hear. Yeah, Odea, I kind of want to ask you a little bit about that. That The Vegas mm -hmm. scene, there's so many gyms now. There's the PI. Yeah. Um, I think gone are the days where fighters just kind of stick one place. They they move around because there's a lot of benefits to a lot of these different places. I know 
you mentioned one time when we were speaking to you about this workout that you do with Dewey Cooper. Mm-hmm. And I actually saw it on Instagram or something like that. Yeah. And I thought that you had like fast forwarded it or something, you know? And I'm like, wait a minute, they're going, that's, that's the speed that they're going at. It was nuts, dude. So can you kind of like update us a little bit on where you're at, who you're working with and what, uh, how this camp has been working out for this fight? Yeah, man. Dewey Cooper is and forever will be one of the greatest striking coaches. You know, if you watched Daniel Zell Huber this weekend, you know, that prime example, Daniel is is one of our our, our guys at, you know, at BKS MMA. Um, Dewey has a, he has a system and in this system, we're hitting everything. The, the legs, the body, the head, the legs, the body, the head, meaning our kicking has to be explosive and fast. Our punches are explosive and fast. Kick the body, kick the leg, kick the head, kick the body, kick the leg, kick the head. And it's just a system. It's a repetitive system over and over and over. Nothing changes. You know what I'm saying? So it, it becomes innate. Um, that's what I'm saying. If, if you don't keep up with it, then you, you, you turn to lose your speed. And I've definitely kept up with it. Now, as far as camps go, Dewey's been with Francis, unfortunately, for this fight. Um, he's been in Saudi Arabia with Francis Ngannou. But um, fortunately, I'm fighting a high-level grappler, which I have new, two new coaches, actually. Uh, Pedro Falco, he is 15-3 and three as a pro fighter. And just probably like, I don't even, I'm making it up right now, maybe 10 submissions out of his 15 wins. He, he's a uh, black belt, amazing, amazing, uh, has a system just like Dewey, you know, just system, system, system. And we've been working just nonstop. Uh, Chase, Chase Pammy, collegiate wrestler. He has a, he runs a wrestling program here in Las Vegas, um, downtown. It's a, another, you know, wrestling has been my, it's actually my, my bread and butter, but I, I never use it. And like I said before, if you don't use something, you lose it. And I lost a lot of my wrestling so I had to go back into the trenches. So that's what I did. I went back into the trenches and, you know, going over the high school. Uh, there's a there's a high school travel team that Chase Pammy runs called Gold Rush. And it's just a bunch of high schoolers, man. And they just, just, they just coming and coming and coming. And they just keep going, man. They just do not stop. And it's great because that's what you need. Um, I think the kryptonite for jujitsu is can be wrestling if you know how to use it you know and i don't have to learn anything new because i was a high school and a collegiate wrestler i just lost it because i didn't use it didn't have a wrestling coach before um and so yeah i got a wrestling coach and we've been just you know grinding and wrestling grinding in jujitsu and uh for this camp i've been over at extreme couture you know uh working with those guys a lot of bodies over at extreme so it's it's you know Dewey will come back March 10th so when he does come back he will be in my corner um he hasn't you know been able to be here for my camp like I said it's okay because this guy is primarily a, a grappler so you know I've, I've been preparing in the right areas you know a lot of changes at the top of your division it, it's uh for the fans it keeps things fresh but yeah. for fighters what does that feel like for you? Would you rather there be one one guy that kind of reigns and then when O'Day Osborne gets there, he dethrones him? Or do you kind of like the mix-up that's been going on? I like the mix-up. I really do, man, because I love Brandon, you know what I mean? But in a way, I don't want to see it, uh, another Brandon Pantoja. You know, they fought, what, three times now? It's be a fourth time if they fight again. So I like the mix-up, man. I, I, I like it. You know, I do feel for Moreno, though, because... If you watch that fight, I don't know who that was inside that octagon, but it wasn't Moreno. That was, you know, you could, it, it looked like he had the weight of the world um, in there with him. And I feel it for him. And again, not taking anything from Royval, man, because he did what he needed to do. You know, hats off to Brandon Royval. He, he definitely um, did a, a wonderful job. You know, speaking of Brandon Royval, he was kind of counted out a lot going into this fight. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we've heard fighters say, that sort of takes a little pressure off as well. And it kind of helps them perform better in your case. What do you feel like? Do you feel like uh, the people that, you know, the fans, do you feel like that takes pressure off of you? Do you feel like they've maybe counted you out a little bit? Is this a little bit of a comeback story for you? Do you, do you like (laughs) that situation? Oh, I love it, man. I love this. I love this. You know, again, the worst thing about losing for me is like my last fight, 
the worst thing about losing is not being able to actually show my true colors in there, mainly because, you know, like I said, man, I had such a terrible weight cut because um, I love it when I fight in Vegas. I'm undefeated. I fought. I'm undefeated. I fought probably four or five times at the apex and I've never lost primarily because it's so much easier for me to make weight here in Las Vegas. Everything is here for me. You know, the, the nutrition team, my my gyms, my schedule, everything is, is in line. I don't have to travel, you know. So not with, with that being said, with, with what you said about um, comeback story, it's it's much more than a comeback story. It's, it's also redemption, which is a comeback story. But um, with that being said, I, I feel... There is no pressure. There's nothing. You have everything to gain and nothing to lose when you are the underdog. You know what I mean? So you just get it. You know what I'm saying? You just go in there and 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 give it your all because you got nothing to to lose when you have when you're at the top like Brandon and you're fighting in front of twenty two thousand people. That pressure becomes and not just twenty two thousand people, but twenty two thousand Mexicans growing up in Mexico being like Brandon. I'm counting on you. I'm betting on you. I love you. You know, uh, like I said the pressure becomes intense when you're a guy like me i'm 12 and 6 going in there against a guy that's 15 and 3 i'm like shit i'm shoot i'm going in there and i'm beating this guy <laughs> you know what i mean like that's mm -hmm. what i'm gonna do I, and and a lot of people are gonna be surprised when i do beat uh how felio but i'm not i'm not gonna be surprised a lot of people will be they're gonna be like wow um this guy odie osborne just came out of nowhere but i didn't come out of nowhere i've always been here um i just now i i have the perfect coaching combination dewey chase and pedro is, is like um professor utonium from the powerpuff girls where you know they put all the right chemicals in there to make the powerpuff girls <laughs> mm -hmm. so i wanted to ask you oday going back to the the division the depth of the division the champ is probably going to defend in brazil you know there was thoughts of maybe marino versus him that got spoiled uh, last weekend, but Royville just fought him as well. Askarov took off a few years ago from the UFC. Albazi's got neck issues. Uh, Kai Carl France is working off an L. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, it could be that Mohammed Mokayev, if, if, if he wins this weekend, could could make that leap. So yes. that does make it pretty exciting that if you can peel off a few dubs here in 2024, all of a sudden you may have yourself uh, a shot is that do you even think about it or are you one of those people that just goes fight by fight and just let that shake out when you're there uh i go fight by fight but i've everyone has thought about it it's the it's we're human it's human nature to think about those things you know i've thought about those things all the time but um just because you think about something you can't live in the future, you know, you just have to to live in the present. That's why, you know, I'm I'm such a, I glorify God. You know, I always talk about God because God is the only thing that can, that can help me to not just live in the presence, but live inside of his glory. And that's something that I'm um, doing right now. Just thinking about this fight. And then, you know, after that, we go to the next one and the next one and the next one. I've always been uh like i said the underdog in many occasions but this is the year where the everything is going to to go like this right you know what i'm saying um moving out to vegas two years ago trying to find my coaches and trying to you know it, it's it's been going like this and then finally i've just been you know i finally put put everything together like a rubik's cube and this is the year where people are gonna go oh <gasps> Who is this guy? Uh, what what's going on here? You know what I mean. So yeah, I'm I'm definitely excited. <laughs> I'm definitely excited. I, I can't wait. And uh, not just excited, but I'm I am the word I'm going to use is humbled. Mm -hmm. Um, have you heard any update? I ask you this every time, mm -hmm. but I was wondering, have you heard any update on a UFC somewhere in the Caribbean? There's a lot of Jamaican fighters that are doing well or hold belts uh puerto rico has produced many great athletes there's mma fighters that have puerto rican ties as well cuba you know um so have you heard anything about that where they may head to one of these countries and host the show i don't think i don't see it happening i don't i don't i don't see it happening if, if it does happen it would be like maybe virgin islands only because the virgin islands 
um, it's it's probably one to one with the dollar. You know what I mean? And the, the, they're probably the the only other island that is one to one with dollar. The reason why I bring that up is because you know there's not a lot of money in the islands, man, and <laughs> you can't you can't do that and expect people to pay three hundred dollars a ticket, you know, for a fight or $150, $150 is thousands in my country and people cannot afford that and they will not pay it. So uh, if I, if it would happen, it would have to be in an Island. Like I said, um, that is one, one and one, you know, or I'm surprised they haven't done a Hawaii UFC. Hawaii. Yeah. I was That's just about to say that these locations, mm -hmm. some of these are beautiful that, you know, they haven't been to the Philippines either, if I'm not mistaken. They may have been right. one, or they just haven't done it at all. Yeah. And they have a fighting culture. They're a sporting country. But mm -hmm. some of these countries are just beautiful. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I would think that fans, not just yeah. the local fans, obviously, you'd want to appeal to them and attract yeah. them. But you, I, I imagine you'd have a lot of people from Miami that would fly yeah. over or uh -huh. maybe from other countries in Europe that would fly over because who wouldn't want to be a few days in the Caribbean? And yep. taking some fights. I feel that way about Africa too. You know, um, I'm surprised there hasn't been UFC Africa. Uh, you know, Muhammad Ali when he fought in Africa, it was huge. You know what I'm saying? So I'm I'm very surprised they hasn't had a UFC Africa. Yeah, and I hope they don't drop the ball because I feel like they've dropped it three times. You had Usman who won like 15 straight with yeah. five title five title defenses yep. you had israel adesanya uh who had five title defenses and he won the title a few times he won it back if you'll recall and then obviously in ghana he's now parted ways with them but he's probably gonna do it they, I got, bet you they got ddp south africa if you want to talk about the continent in in general but um like i and say that, it, it'd be nice for them to make it there i watch a lot of english premier football there's so many great athletes that play soccer and play in the NFL and in the NBA. You know, and that's why I can see why Dana White's obviously excited to create a PI out there. But um, I got to also throw a bone out there for my Caribbean brothers because I yeah. watch a lot of baseball in Cuba and Puerto Rico. They have a rich history. Jamaica, you know, sprinters. Uh, Puerto Rico doubles up on base. Uh, what did I say? Boxing. Sorry, because I mentioned mm -hmm. baseball. So. Yeah. Yeah, we got you know we got to get this thing worldwide, and they they got the horses. I mean, there's like I say, there's Brown, there's you. I know it's OSPs from uh, Haiti, but still Val, nearby, right? Uh, Leon, excuse me, Val Woodburn, the, that new yeah. fighter, yeah, Al, Aljo. I mean, there's a lot of fighters that have Caribbean ties. Yeah, uh, I think uh, Jimmy Rivera is no longer there, but he was Puerto Rican, and yeah. Shane Burgos was Puerto Rican. He's no longer mm -hmm. there, so it's like, is what it, are you waiting for? I mean, the Hawaii, don't even give me start in Hawaii. You've gone through BJ Penn, Max Holloway, right? And, uh, you know, now the, the, mm -hmm. the Brad Tavares, it, they had plenty of fighters back in the, in the, in the day where they could have done this, and yeah. still nothing. Mm -hmm. they, they, there's, yeah. DJ, yeah. Yeah, Ige. Oh my gosh. Yeah, man. I don't. I don't know, man. Um, <sighs> but yet we get twenty shows at the Apex, which I know you love and you're undefeated at. And granted, it's uh, just a short drive for Goz and I. Yeah. But uh, you know, like, come on. I I, I think we can live with fifteen shows at the Apex and it's not true. twenty, and spray them shows out to different parts of the world and create more athletes from that area. I agree. I yeah. agree. I think. Uh, the Apex shows, you know, I, I think I don't know what goes on behind closed doors. So the Apex is a safety net, right? Meaning if if things fall apart behind closed doors that we don't know about, because there's a lot that happens that we don't know about, you know, but I do know and hear ch uh, chatters, you know what I'm saying, where things kind of fall apart and they have their they have a safety net so that's that's a lot of a lot of times that happens you know what i mean mm -hmm. um, a lot of a lot of stuff has to go man it takes so much just to have two people fight each other it takes so much it's it's like you know things have to be to get approved and oh man yeah <laughs> here's my last question we'll make it a fun one what's the craziest thing you've ever ordered at the ucpi because i know you guys can get your meals there and they got people that can cook pretty much whatever you ask them for. So have you ever gone in there with a bizarre request or anything like that? 
Ah, uh, man. Nah, they don't, they don't have anything too crazy like that. Um, like exotic, they don't have anything exotic, but they have their food at the UFCPI is absolutely incredible. Today or yesterday, they had, uh, they had jerk chicken. Um, it was pretty good, you know, so they, the food there is amazing. The craziest thing I've probably ever ordered, I would say, oh, man, oof. I probably had a salad bowl with just like pure edamame and and sesame seeds. Uh, that's that's about it. Like crazy. They don't. Yeah, I don't think they have anything too crazy there at the P.I. It's it's all, you know, just um, ordinary food, but it's ordinary good food. Was it the meal of the day? It just coincided that it was jerk chicken, or that was your request? That was the meal of the day. Oh wow! Nice. Yeah, yeah. They have and some good food, man. They have steak and potatoes, jerk chicken, pasta. They have ribs, man. They'll they'll do. They'll kill it. They kill it over there. I love it. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's nuts. It, it it does make sense to live in Vegas if you fight for the UFC and you can, you know, you don't have to transport a family all over the, all over the country. Yeah. I, uh, I I I think. You know that that's a great benefit for all the fighters, the ones that recover from injury, like um, your boy Jamal Hill. You know he moved to to Las Vegas recently. Uh, I mentioned Aljo. You know he maintains a home in Las Vegas. Marab I think does as well. And yep. but there's so many benefits to that PI, and fighters would be fools not to take advantage of it. Yeah, and food is such a big one, man. Like you have no idea how much money I save per week on food. You know, because they, they give me breakfast and lunch every day. And, like, you can order your breakfast and go pick it up and order your lunch and go pick it up. And, you know, on Friday, they let you take, uh, like, extra to, for the weekend. And, and they also have Icon meals. So there's no way you, you can go hungry. So you can you can grab the Icon meals. Um, you can make – there's a smoothie station where, you know, the nutrition team makes you sm whatever fruit smoothies that you want. If you want something light before training, um, protein – you know, it's it's incredible. Not to mention the uh, SNC, the strength and conditioning and physical therapy. Before this, I was paying, you know what I mean? I don't even know how much for strength and conditioning and physical therapy. You know what I'm saying? So now it's just like, man, life is so much easier being out here in Vegas, I will say. Throw a fighter under the bus. Who's always at, at the food court at the UFCPI? Like, you almost can guarantee that if you go, you'll see him or her there. Uh, Jamal Pogues. <laughs> guarantee <laughs> really? if I go, I'm probably going to see Jamal Pogues. <laughs> okay. Well, he's a heavyweight, so we'll give him a pass, right? Yeah, for sure. Nice. All for right, sure. cool. Great catching up with you, O'Day. Thanks for the time, as always. Yeah. I hope the rest of your camp goes smooth. Uh, a little rough with the with the head coach not being there, but he'll be back in time for fight day. But yeah. it seems like you've assembled a solid team around you. So best yeah. of luck. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you guys. See you, man. All righty. Thank you to O'Day for his time. Kind of sucks he doesn't have his coach, mm -hmm. but Dewey's got some big fish to fry in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia, with uh, Francis Ngannou getting down against Anthony Joshua, which, you know what, it might even lead into, did you see that promo that they got going on over there on the boxing side of things? Yeah. That's pretty, well, there's a couple. Uh, which one are you talking about? Joshua and, Joshua and Ngannou? Yeah, they got a couple. I saw one that was like 30 seconds. That was pretty, pretty smooth. Like two minutes, I think. Pretty smooth. Oh, okay. Maybe I haven't seen that one then. Yeah, it was pretty slick. I really like it. But he'll have a week. He'll have a week from the time Dewey's got a corner Francis and then he's able to come back. So he'll have his head coach there. He seems pretty fired up. He's got some new coaches. Jafel Filio is his opponent. And again, this is a division where you just got to get on some sort of a little role and you are a title contender. Yeah, for sure. And, um, you know, I think it boxing is just always – I don't know what it is, man, because the UFC's had plenty of time to kind of close the gap, which they really have in some sort, some aspects. But in others, when it comes to production, like remember 24-7? 24-7 was incredible when they would do that. And, HBO or Showtime or something like that? With yeah. And then like you, you talking about this, uh, what is it called? The preview or you know whatever the spot that, that you saw. They do things kind of next level, 
and Dana White was asked about this at the last press conference of what he's going to do for UFC 300 because for 200 he did kind of a cool little promo and he said he 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 had again forgotten about it but that uh he might have to put something together I'd like to see them kind of catch up in some ways I like that they try new things like uh remember when they redid their whole intro into that the different years of uh, gladiators sort of thing. That was really cool. Um, they had to redo but, it because they forgot Rich Franklin. <laughs> really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was the story he told us. We, he, he got us all over to the Mandalay Bay and he had lunch for the media and he wanted to unveil it. He was all stoked. And then he told the story how once they had done it and they spent a lot of money on it, all of a sudden they're like, wait a minute, how is Rich Franklin not in this? He's kind of one of those early pioneer legends of the UFC. And so I was like, wait, we got we to scrap this and, you know, include him. So, yeah, I thought it yeah, was, they, well, they, they do tend to let a few things slip through cracks from time to time over there. Mm-hmm. Everybody's human. Everybody's going to make mistakes. But uh, when you see that, when you see uh, I've been watching the F1 show, uh, Drive to Survive on Netflix. That is amazing, man, the way they do it. It's like watching a movie or something. And when they do um, uh, other other things on, like, the NFL and stuff like that, it's just, I don't know, it feels like it's next level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and I'm ready for the UFC to kind of, I mean, they're a big player now. You know, you know what I'm saying? So they should have a department that watches the landscape of sports in general. Mm-hmm. And starts applying it to their their way of promoting like they just started recently bringing back the thrill and agony the the, what do they call like the season seasonal press conferences or whatever Mm -hmm. and i remember one of the the journalists said hey it's pretty cool that you brought it back you know what what made you guys do it and then of course dana just can't give a reasonable answer he goes well the pandemic hit you know now I'm sitting at home going, motherfucker, that's been done like since <laughs> vaccines started getting, you know, put in people's arms in 2021. You know, things have settled down. We're we're out there kind of living and traveling. So it wasn't that. Like I mean, I, I'm sure that shut it down, but you still mm-hmm. could have brought that back a few years ago if you really wanted to. Yeah. And so look, you see things like uh embedded or the countdown show. That's fine, but they're kind of all the same. I don't know if you've noticed. They're sort of all the same, and you kind of already know what fighters are going to say before they even say it. The re- it's just gotten too much into a routine. As where what I thought was so amazing about 24-7 was, how many fucking times have we been invited to see Manny Pacquiao behind the scenes or Floyd Mayweather behind the scenes? But every one of these felt so special because they found different angles to attack it different avenues to kind of follow the fighter around and show other sides of them that I love, man. And so, you know, when you're going on seeing for the sixth time, Floyd Mayweather and his camp and all that, like every, to make that fresh, feel fresh every time. I remember one time he was just sitting there eating Burger King in his car and just talking and just, I don't know. They, they made that seem cool. Um, I'm not saying countdown sucks. I'm not saying embedded sucks. I just, they're in a rut you know they need to do something to spice it up a little bit i wish they would bring back the thrill and the agony i thought they did i used to love that post fight oh man it was pretty cool to see the people that are close to the fighters sometimes it's in the audience you know front row sometimes it's the corner and with some footage from behind the scenes it's like really raw and pretty cool um why they stopped doing it, I have no idea, but I thought it was awesome. Um, I had a love-hate relationship with it. I love what it produces, but I also hate the fact that, holy shit, man, like you just you just put everything out on the line in front of everyone. This goes for just about every every sport, you know. I think you are entitled to just a little bit of time that just goes to yourself, you know where everybody just leaves you the hell alone. Mm -hmm. But on the flip side, you know, I enjoy it when I see it. I'm like, holy shit, this is awesome. I was watching the other day. uh, What was the one on the bulls on Jordan and all that? 
What was that called? Do you remember? You, yeah. you know what I'm talking about, though, right? It's, yeah, it had a it had a name which I should know, yeah. but man, I'm I, um, I'm zoned out. You know, just being able to go back and watch the, that footage and learn stuff like that. Backstage? No, I'll look it up. I'll look. Keep talking. I'll look it up. No, There's um, like I just remember seeing Jose Aldo breaking down and crying, and I don't know. I feel like some of that just you got to have something that belongs to just you. But at the same time, I sit there and I watch it and I'm entertained by it. And the fighter probably signed off on it, you know. So yeah, I was, I was just about to say that. Record it, and if it's controversial, just see if the fighter will, you know, kind of okay it. Yeah, pretty sure a lot of them will do it. The last dance it was called. Last dance. There you go. Jorge Masvidal, Stockton, California. He's been there, and he's looking for Nate Diaz. He wants to box him. Now Jorge retired from MMA because he says I'm just not seeing the punches like I used to, but. He wants to compete. We get it. We've been through this with many fighters. Uh, I want to see him versus Nate again, but I kind of want to see Nate versus Connor more, but then Connor just doesn't seem anywhere near the sport. I really wanted to see Nate versus Poirier, but look, Nate's not even in the UFC, and I think he has to go through that whole protocol of testing and shit. So right now, if the UFC will give them permission, I'd love to see Nate and Jorge box. Mm-hmm. Mm. No, not interested. No, because we already saw him in MMA, and to me, that just feels like that solved everything. You know, that told us everything. To see him box, I, I, I would like to see both of them box, just not each other. That doesn't mean I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna tune in. I'll definitely tune in, but uh, I, I kind of like to see them fight somebody else. You know, Daniel Cormier doesn't want to see Nate Diaz returning to the UFC um, yeah. at the Sphere. Mm-hmm. He's not about that life. Yeah, he says not as a headliner specifically. So I don't think Nate will be too happy about that. Anytime the Diaz brothers, someone goes against what what they're all about, they you get a little touchy about it. He says, I like Nate Diaz, but I believe now is the time for us to be honest with ourselves. So that Nate can start to be honest with himself. There are only a couple people that he can headline a pay-per-view with right now just because of where he is in his career, and that's Conor McGregor if they do the trilogy and possibly Jorge Masvidal. But we also have to be honest with ourselves in this regard. We are keeping these dudes, Masvidal and Diaz, relevant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, look, dude, he's a... Where are you going to attack Daniel Cormier? Where are you going to say you don't know what you're talking about? He's done the fighting side. He's uh, he's done the broadcast side. He's been a wrestler his entire life. Like I, The only thing you could say is I disagree. But you can't say the guy's crazy. And in this particular case, I'm sort of with him to a certain extent. I... I, I can't get the performance of him and uh, Ferguson out of my head and just how much that felt like two guys just, let's just make some money and get the hell out of here. Like, there just was nothing there that made you feel like they wanted to be there. But then when I saw him box Jake Paul, I was like, I think something awoke in him a little bit. Maybe that the, the little bit of street in the Diaz brothers came out. Uh, but even that, that being said, I felt like had he just taken that a little bit more serious, I think yes, he could have won, won that. He could have won it. And I didn't think he could win at all. I thought he was going to get frustrating. It was frustrating because Nate does this thing where he hits you and if he lands, he points. So he's a showman. But it's like, bro, you can still be a showman, but finish that dude. Finish the guy that's wobbled and rocked. like, Or at least try to finish him. You know, You might do it. You might not. Who knows? But don't just sit there and point or whatever and then kind of complain the judges had it out for you or whatever. Like, no, man, like you just hurt someone, but you got to finish them. Yeah. So let's see if Nate pops up somewhere on Masvidal's social media. But it was kind of funny to see Matt out there or Jorge Masvidal out there. Just kind of hunting them down. Um, Knuckle Mania. It's Knuckle Mania Ford in Los Four, sorry, in Los Angeles. So far, they've named 
uh, Mike Perry versus Thiago Alves as the main event, but Todd Duffy and Ben Rothwell are also on the card. So is Lorenzo Hunt. So they're already starting to get some names. They, you know, they're obviously trying to make this a big card, but some of their bigger names are already signed up. Yeah, you know, the thing about Thiago Alves is he's always said, like, it's not that I don't want to fight. It's just I'm, I don't feel like I'm getting compensated correctly for what I'm what I'm giving them. And so I kind of thought that his the chances of ever seeing him do this again were were kind of done. Mm-hmm. But this is a dude that has done this for so long that I'm not particularly too worried about any layoffs or anything like that, especially mm-hmm. in this type of sport. Uh, so I think it's an interesting matchup. I think I, I kind of have Mike Perry probably being your your favorite in that just because he seems like he's been born and bred for it. But I think yeah. outside of Palomino, Alves is another guy who's done this enough that I think he's kind of figured it out as well and figured out his own strategy. So it'll be interesting. It's a good fight. They're uh, size-wise, you know, they're a little closer. So I'm down. But then I heard rumors that Mike Till, sorry, Darren Till and Anthony Pettis are being courted to possibly go into to that promotion. And I'm sorry, look, Diago Alves is a fine um, MMA fighter. He was a title challenger once, lost to the great GSP at UFC 100. Now he does well with coaching series with King Mo, you know, digital platform. And he's an American top team coach. So I like the guy. I really do. But he hasn't fought in a while. And I just think Till versus Perry, they have that whole little history where they seem to be boys, but you know they want to throw down. And I don't know if you remember, it was in L.A. Um, Perry was inviting Till to to go fight, you know, and I like kind of not fight, but uh, train, right? But, you know, go hard. And Till thought he was, what, I think asking to see if he wanted to go for a sauna or a steam or something like that. You remember that? A little bit, yeah. Yeah, it was just a misinterpretation, right, of words. But I, I just think, man, if you if you really can make that happen, make it happen. I I, I, I mean, I, I like Thiago Owls. He was a fun striker to watch, but I think I'd rather see Till versus Perry because of what I just mentioned. Yeah, and, you know, a little bit little bit of the age as well but uh i'm okay with this matchup and i feel like if till is going to be a guy that goes that way then you know we'll get it eventually yeah alves is 40 but he hasn't fought by the time he fights at at knuckle mania 4 it'll almost be three years like eh, eh, that's kind of a it's it's not main event worthy perry is but i don't think alves should have been in the main event. I just, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man, I, I can't fight that. I get it. Did you see the new PI in Mexico? Yeah, the tour. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Danny Segura's out there in Mexico for about a week and he kind of did a little bit of a tour and it's pretty cool. If you watch, if you go to MMA Junkie, there's a video up there, and you can check it out. It is massive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they're, they've already had uh, the ability to... It's going to sound weird because the PI that they have right now is amazing, but at, at the same time, it's trial and error, right? It's kind of like... What it reminds me of is arenas and stadiums. When they build them, you look at them, you go, oh, my God, this is phenomenal. But sure enough, somehow they improve on them couple years later a new arena comes out and they got some new bells and whistles and doesn't mean the old one sucks but uh you're just kind of like holy shit this is so much cooler this one uh sharp man it's super super sharp yeah um the ufc says they want to build one in africa and they got one in china las vegas mexico for a while there i almost heard them say Two or three in Mexico, but then the other day he kind of updated things. Yeah, Didn't I think he say it that? was, I think it was Africa and God, maybe Puerto Rico. I can't remember, but these things are beautiful, and I I think they can produce, you know, good athletes. I guess or better fighters. Um, I, I I'm I'm still not completely sold that that's what they. 
like it's is it a training combine like uh, it's it's not right it's it's an area where you can go and train yes but the the one that i know here in las vegas also is good at rehabbing fighters so like mm-hmm. it, it's it seemed to me at first like the pi is something where you have established fighters and a place for them to not just train but get healthy right now in mexico you're trying to find new fighters and so i guess if this is where they're going to go and train and get better so are you investing in them like housing and things like that like they're they're not under contract yet i guess right that's my question is what what do you get out of it like how do you because you're going to spend a lot of money to build this damn place and to keep it going but what are you getting out of it you know is it one of those where hey well you can come here and you can train but if you turn into a professional we get a certain amount of money of what you make i, I don't know that, that is that's kind of I, i'd like to know where that comes in because you see a facility like that so modern it's expensive to build and and to maintain employees and, and everything the food all that stuff well what is it that you get out of it other than you're possibly grooming these fighters for you know that could come out later but you got to pay them right so i don't know where where is your investment going yeah, well, let's see how it works out. Let's see how it works out. I mean, I guess so far China's produced a few athletes, but they haven't come raining in either. It, you know, I'm, I'm laughing here because you were talking about the food and stuff. Wasn't it kind of funny for O'Day he, uh, to throw Jamal Pogues or is that his mm-hmm. name? A heavyweight? He goes, yeah. Fast. You didn't even think about it. Tend to see him there a lot. <laughs> I, didn't we used I, I to wonder. call, uh, wasn't Benavidez the mayor for a long time? Yeah, I guess he was there a lot. He liked the train there. A lot of the lighter weight class fighters used to kind of get their own thing going and going, you know, and the wife works there. And so I think he was probably just comfortable crushing food and training. And <laughs> although that said, I mean, when he was healthy and active, you uh you'd be hard pressed not to find him at Extreme Couture. True. Um Eric Del Fiero, who coaches Dominic Cruz. It has a big role at this UFC PI in Mexico. So we're happy for him. He retired from firefighting. He was a firefighter in San Diego and retired from that recently. So I imagine he can still train Cruz at some point, but, you know, Cruz just doesn't fight very often. And I don't know how many fights he has left. And then his gym, which was called Alliance, I think COVID shut it down. A lot of it, a lot of their fighters are older now, like Jeremy Stevens and, uh, Phil Davis and a few others. So I think he's just moving on to a new a new stage in his life. Yeah, there's kind of a lot of these uh fire or coaches fighters turned coaches that are have kind of had that just happen. You know, there's so many new coaches, new big gyms. Um back in the day, you know, big one was Militich fighting systems, right? Now that's that's gone, you know, over there with uh, with Del Fiero Alliance, you know, that's kind of faded away. I'm trying to think of some um, rain. Tri-Star, there's away. not that many Tri-Star athletes. I know that Zahabi's brother still fights. Arnold OAM is retired now. Yeah, OAM's retired. And Rory uh, McDonald retired. Yeah. I don't know what they still got going on over there, but that was a big gym for a long time. Jackson's obviously as long as, well, no, John Jones is no longer there. I guess Holly Holmes still there. I saw Cyborg training with her, um, but a lot of their killers, you know, Cerrone moved on, Leonard Garcia moved on. John Jones got, I guess, what, cut, not cut from the gym, but they just parted ways. Dodson's still doing his thing over at Bare Knuckle. So, it's it's just not as massive as it once was, and I and I think Holmes forty two, so she can't have too many left either. Yeah. In fact, I got a friend suggestion on Facebook, and it was Keith Jardine, and it looks like he lives in Anaheim, California. But I remember he was out there for a while too. Lives in Anaheim now. I, I mean, that's what it said, unless it was a, a you know an imitator or something like that. But it was weird because I would have thought. New Mexico, I think that's where he's from, or I know for a long time he was part of Jackson's. All right, folks, listen, on March 9th, Goes and I will be hosting a watch-along here on MMA Junkie. 
check it out. That's Sean O'Malley versus Marlon Vera. Uh, should be a great, great card, top to bottom. A lot of ranked fighters. We'll give you a lot of reminders of it. So just kind of pencil that in. You can watch the fights along with us starting at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. And also don't forget spinning back clicks. Starting to get a lot of great feedback on that. That's a Monday afternoon show, Monday morning show, depending where you're at. It's noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, live every Monday. Myself and Goes and a couple of our colleagues, we unpack all the latest news and results from the past week. It's a one-hour live show. You can participate via the chat and all that. There's five topics and a couple additionals. We just kind of go around the horn a little bit to borrow a, a term from a show, popular show on ESPN. But it's kind of fun just kind of hearing all the different angles and uh, sharing the details, you know, of what we've heard and what we think can and has happened. Check it out, folks. You can go to youtube.com forward slash MMA Junkie video and subscribe to the channel. But scroll down to Spinning Back Click and you can look at some of the latest shows. Not only do you get the whole show, but they kind of uh, cut the different segments as well and kind of spray them out throughout the week. So you might see them on socials, on the website, all over the place. Check them out. I think you'll like it. Anyway, we're going to get on out of here. Have a nice weekend. We'll see you all next week when we go over the ufc fight card at the apex and as far as i know that's kind of the, the the big deal this weekend just that card so we'll keep an eye on it some really really solid fighters uh are on that card so i think you guys will dig it anyway we're out of here go out and be a champion